This is the World Warrior Low Key. Hey, this is Road Animal. This is Christopher Daniels. Hi, gang. This is Mean Gene Okerlund from the WWE. Hey, yo. Say hello to the bad guy, Scott Hall. Big Daddy Cool Diesel slash Kevin Nash. Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA. Hi, this is Booker T, the five-time WCW champion. And you're listening to SNM Radio Network. Standing ovation here. Let's go to our ring announcer. Welcome to the show that brings you all things nostalgia in the world of professional wrestling. It is now time to go Beyond the Bell. fanatics and welcome back to the pro wrestling nostalgia podcast beyond the bell powered by the sns radio network and i'm your host sean beckerman back with you to bring you all things retro in wrestling this is your home for classic sports entertainment typically we take you back into the archives we cover the history of professional wrestling But tonight, we return to an annual show, a popular one in that fact. As you fans like the first edition, two years ago we brought it back last year, and now we return for its third installment, the greatest promos of the year. This is one of the very few shows that actually discusses the current product of professional wrestling. You fans have demanded more of my take, my insight, into the current product and what's going on on the, you can say, the good and bad professional wrestling on television from the WWE, of course, to TNA and Ring of Honor and the independents in which I'm uh, highly visible on and travel upon each and every weekend. Typically, we cover classic wrestling. So this is going to, I guess, tap into some of your requests as the popular show for Beyond the Bell previously was the greatest promos of all time, and I decided to, decided to carry it through through 2011 and discuss the greatest promos of the year. Uh, this was in lieu of the CM Punk pipe bomb, the original pipe bomb by Punk, that caused the whole uproar in the summer of 2011. It was such a highly downloaded, highly received podcast. We brought it back in 2012, and now we will, we will return once again with 
the 2013 installment. So tonight we cover the greatest promos of the year. Most will be in chronological order and the impact they played in the industry. So buckle up as we break down and relive the greatest of the greats, those behind the mic that made big impressions in 2013. We kick things off with January of this past year, and January, of course, brings the Royal Rumble and the big main event besides the 30-man extravaganza featured the main event for the WWE Championship. The champion, CM Punk, who at that point was the longest reigning champion in the modern day era, defending the title against the people's champion, the most electrify man in all of entertainment, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Between the two, we heard some great promos, and CM Punk proved that he was not scared of the great one behind the mic. have here I hold more dear to my heart than most men hold their families this is my life's work and for 428 days I have proven that I am the man but 428 days is just a fraction of the time it's taken me to get to this point. I've worked half my life to attain this. The most prestigious title the WWE has to offer. And I will not allow The Rock or any man to take this from me. The Rock is here to entertain The Rock is here to electrify. The Rock is here to sing songs and tell jokes. I am here to hurt people and be the champion. I will not allow The Rock to leave the Royal Rumble WWE Champion because this is why I am here. This is important. It's important because I have made it important. It's prestigious because I have made it prestigious. What's prestigious to The Rock is the most meaningless, insignificant thing imaginable. It's you, the people, the people, the cheers, The chants, the signs, the adulation. The Rock is proud to be the people's champion. Almost as proud as I am of being a real champion. I will not allow The Rock to become WWE champion because I've been in the ring with him. I've looked him square in the eye. I've seen all the way down into his soul and I've seen why he's so proud of the people and being the people's champion. It's because he knows he cannot be this. 
A long time ago, I was forced to make a choice between hypocritical humility and honest arrogance. And I chose honest arrogance, while The Rock foolishly chose all of you. You can call him electrifying. You can call him the Brahma Bull. You can call him the Great One, but what you cannot call him is champion. Because this, this belongs to me. And this, this you earn with blood, with sweat, with tears. And for 428 days, I have done just that. I have earned this. I have earned the right to be called champion. I have earned the right to be the man. In six days, Rock, this is what you're on a collision course with. So for six days, please, by all means, Enjoy being the people's champion. Enjoy the people, the cheers, the chants, the signs. I want you to slap every hand. I want you to wink at every hopeful look your sheep-like fans give you. Because I realized something a long time ago. And that's that the people do not matter. It doesn't matter if I smell what The Rock is cooking. All that matters is that what these people cannot give you will remain rightfully around the waist of your undisputed WWE champion, best in the world, C. M. Punk. To the San Jose Police Department, The Rock says, thank you for the ticket. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. That ticket does not entitle you to step in. Ah, oh, shut your mouth, Twinkie Tits. <laughs> you get your fat ass out of this ring or The Rock will slap the taste right out of your mouth. CM Punk, 428 days, 428 days you've been WWE Champion, you've been King of the Mountain, it's incredible, it's historic, The Rock knows how badass you are, how tough you are, how dangerous you are, you have earned the right to call yourself the best in the world. It does not change the fact that tonight, here on Raw, is your very last night on Raw as WWE Champion. You're obsessed. You're obsessed with how The Rock entertains, entertains them. You're obsessed with how proud I am to be the people's champ. You bet your ass I am, Jack. You bet your ass I am. But it doesn't change the fact, the fact that when it's all taken away, you got a man who will stand in front of you here in this ring 
outside of this ring, outside of this arena, outside in the street, I will stand before you and I will rip your face off. The Rock has waited. The Rock has waited 10 long years for this shot. I've worked my ass off for 10 long years for this shot. Blood, sweat, and respect. The first two I give, the last one I've earned over the past 10 years. CM Punk. CM Punk just like Martin Luther King had a dream. The Rock has a dream to go to the mountaintop and go to the promised land one more time and become WWE Champion. Punk, if you looked into The Rock's soul like you said you did, if you saw into my soul like you said you did, then you know deep down in your soul that I promise to beat you at the Royal Rumble for the WWE title. And Punk, when that's done, when that's done this Sunday, and I promise that's going to happen when that's done, every man, woman, and child from Bangkok to Brazil, from Moscow to Miami, all the way back right here to San Jose. <laughs> Sunday night, when The Rock is WWE Champion, they'll be saying, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, we are free at last. If you smell what the rock is cooking. One of my most favorite moments of the year typically is the WWE Hall of Fame induction ceremony. And this past year, of course, once again, I was lucky enough to witness in person the big event. And it, of course, featured the induction of the great Bruno Sammartino, arguably one of the best classes of all time, headed by Bruno. We saw Booker T, Trish Stratus, Bob Backlund, Donald Trump into the celebrity wing. What a great class, a part of this WrestleMania weekend in 2013. We had some great speeches during that weekend, so we're going to relive two of those speeches, both were seen on WWE programming as they show the Hall of Fame induction ceremony in edited form. So let's take you back to the induction speeches of two of the greats, the hardcore legend Mick Foley and Bruno Sammartino. What a great event. Oh, all my life I've aspired to be a good man. And I'm going to tell you something, my inductee is a good man. That's right. My inductee is nuts. He's crazy. He's out of his ever-loving mind. But I love him like an ugly brother. I would like to introduce to you our next inductee. 
into the WWE Hall of Fame, Mick Foley. Thank you. I don't know how I'm going to feel next year. Class of 2014, uh, I'm going to feel bad for them because this is a difficult uh, class to live up to. The moments of greatness that go on to define who we are as performers and human beings. And I was fortunate to have been in this very building almost 30 years ago when I saw one of the true moments in our sports greatness. Snuck up 15 feet in the air, giving the I love you sign to the fans, the appropriate sign to give, before crushing another human being. But I remember distinctly thinking that I, I wanted to do something that made people feel the way that I felt that night in October 1983 in Madison Square Garden. Um, so let's have a big round of applause for Jimmy Superfly Snuka. Uh, as we try. It has not been a career without regrets. Um, I never beat Chris Jericho. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have any elbows left in me. want to say one thing to my wife. Yo, Adrian! I did it! <laughs> to be inducted into an Hall of Fame, of course, it's extremely special. To happen here in Madison Square Garden, that is, uh, <laughs> I have a, uh, I have a quiet history in this building and I'd like to share a little bit of it with you. For one thing, I'm extremely proud that I had lined Madison Square Garden more time than anyone in the history of Madison Square Garden. I'm very proud of that. I can hardly believe it when I tell you this, that it was 50 years ago 
that I became the Worldwide Wrestling Federation champion in Madison Square Garden 50 years ago. How many of you were even born yet then? <laughs> it's a long, long time ago. But I could tell you many other great de- events that happened in the garden. But I must tell you how grateful I am of what the garden did for me. Because, you know, in this country, in every city, we have beautiful arenas everywhere. And they may be bigger than the garden even. Or maybe even, I haven't been around because I've been retired a long time, maybe even nicer looking. I don't know. But I'll tell you what, anywhere you go around the world, the one arena that everybody knows is Madison Square Garden. And and when you're so fortunate, as I was, to headline Madison Square Garden for all those years, the garden gave me the kind of publicity worldwide. Because for one thing, here in New York, that's where all the magazines were published. And there were as many as 10 magazines published a month. And because of headlining in the garden, I would appear in maybe six and seven on the cover of those magazines. And those magazines would go all over the world. So that when, you know, Vince McMahon Sr., when he was getting requests from other countries about me making some appearances there, because of Madison Square Garden, I was automatically the headliner everywhere I went. But those 24 years, 25 years, as these guys can tell you, they take a great toll on your body. In fact, it might have been even a little tougher in my day because they had those crazy boxing rings, and those things were like concrete. They had to be reinforced with, with steel posts underneath because fighters, not, they wouldn't lose their footings. And when you're getting body slammed and all these other crazy things that you go through, after time and time and time and year after year after year, uh, you pay a price. And God knows I paid one too because after 25 years when I retired, I was, I was happy that that day had come because I had spent much too many years away and now I've, I look forward to being with my family, with my wife and my children and so forth. But unfortunately, I was hurting. I was hurting very, very bad because anybody who knows me from my era, I had some serious injuries. And I was a guy who wouldn't even take an aspirin or any kind of a painkiller or anything like that. I just sucked it up, as the old saying goes, and I kept on going. But I reached a point where I just felt like the body couldn't, couldn't continue. And it was time for me, and I, I had to start thinking of, uh, uh, of getting out. But there again, I was such a very lucky guy. Because with all these injuries, and I was in pain 24 hours a day, happy to be home, but suffering all the time. And then... You know, I have, there were two gentlemen there. They've come here from Pittsburgh. These two gentlemen uh, worked miracles. They saved, I don't know how many lives were their magic because they're so great at what they do in the medical field. And uh, they made so much better quality of life for so many people. And when they took me on with all these things, I required uh, over maybe eight major, major surgeries. But today, I'm an old guy. I'm almost 78 years old in a couple of months. And yet, <clears throat> and because of these guys, these men who are so gifted, I, here I am, an old guy, and I still train six days a week, and I'm feeling great shape. And, 
and I owe it all to them for all that they were able to do for me. But let me tell you something that I'm mostly grateful that I, that I, and I say this from the bottom of my heart. You know, in this business, if you have the opportunity to become a so-called headliner, a promoter looks at you, perhaps he sees that there's some talent there, he sees how the fans react to you, and they give you a shot at being a headliner. Now, how do you stay on as a headliner? Well, if people come and fill those seats, you get to be a headliner again. If people don't come fill those seats, your headlining days could be very short. I was one of the luckiest guys in the world because when I was given that opportunity, the fans, all the fans did come out. And as they came out, they kept me as the headliner. And then again, because I headlined in the garden so much, I was a headliner when I went to uh, all the different countries that I wrestled to, always as a headliner. It, 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 you know, it, it was just so amazing because the garden went everywhere. And promoters would call Vince McMahon and say to him, Vince, and say, I'd like to have the service of your champion in San Francisco and Los Angeles. And I would travel to these places. And I was fortunate everywhere because of the garden, the publicity from the garden, the magazines. I'd go to California, wrestle guys, greats like Ray Stevens, and we sold the place out. Kowalski, we sold out in Los Angeles. Florida, we packed them in. Atlanta, everywhere we went because of the publicity, again, I say from the garden. So, I want to conclude because it's late and we'll be going here too long. But I just want to say this, that I'm very grateful for tonight, for, for Arnold, for the WWE who sees me worthy of this honor, and the opportunity to have appeared in Madison Square Garden one more time. I'm very grateful for that. <laughs> but most of all, but most of all, I want all the fans, whether in this country or around the world if this gets televised everywhere, that whatever success I've had, I owe it all to you. Because if you didn't come out and support me the way you did, I would have never become anybody. So, what's, so I thank you. I thank you for the support and the kindness you showed me for all these years. From the bottom of my heart, I thank you and God bless all of you. Thank you. WrestleMania season brings the best out of everyone. The Super Bowl of professional wrestling and sports entertainment. Everyone is on their A game. And in the main event of WrestleMania 29, we saw part two of The Rock versus John Cena. This time for the WWE Championship. The champion, the people's champion, The Rock, this time entering the squared circle in New Jersey slash New York. To take on hustle, loyalty, and respect John Cena. And the promos between the two were classic. The debate between John Cena and The Rock featuring WWE and Professional Wrestling Hall of Famers was truly legendary in its own right. Uh, Almost 10 years ago, I had the opportunity to team up with The Rock at WrestleMania 20 which was ultimately a match that I lost. I felt a deep sense of regret, not only for losing the match myself, but for costing The Rock an opportunity to win what we thought would be his final WrestleMania ever. 
So, John, I'll be honest, with all due respect, and I, you know I'm a big fan because I get flack quite a bit for being a John Cena fan, but I felt a tremendous sense of weight off my shoulders when The Rock defeated you at last year's WrestleMania. And I know how disappointed you were in that loss last year, so my question is for John Cena, are you prepared to live with the type of regret that might accompany another loss at this year's WrestleMania. There is no, there is no mistaking that April 7th will be a historic day for the WWE. And whether I win or I lose that match, it is safe to say it will change the face of the WWE forever. Mick, if I win, the story's an easy tell. I get satisfaction, I get the WWE Championship, and most importantly, I get much-needed redemption. If you were to talk to me last year about losing, I wouldn't even speak of the subject because I said losing was not an option. And then The Rock defeated me last year. So I know damn well that losing is an option. Losing is a very real option. Mick, you want me to talk to you about regret? Well, that's a, that's a tougher story to tell, and I'm going to try to make you feel exactly how I would if I were to lose that match. Donovan McNabb. Donovan McNabb. Statistically, Donovan McNabb is the greatest quarterback ever to put on an Eagles uniform. Statistically, Donovan McNabb is the greatest quarterback ever to put on an Eagles uniform. But Mick, Listen to how the people in the own city that he played for remember him. Why? Because Donovan McNabb could not win the big one. Philadelphia cares about its teams. Philadelphia's fans have passion, and with that type of passion, they deserve someone who can win the big one. Much like the WWE Universe, they're invested in the WWE and at the end of the day want to look to a man who can win the big one. If I lose on April 7th, I will carry the legacy of Donovan McNabb. State to state, City to city, arena to arena, I will get reaction after reaction of disdain because statistically I may be good, but I will never be able to win the big one. Mick, that's one hell of a lot of regret, but at least I'll be able to look in that mirror because I can handle failure. This man right here, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, knows nothing of 
failure. Well, not yet, but he soon will. When I was 23 years old, I was so broke that I had to get my mattress out of a dumpster from the back of an hourly motel. And I can't begin to tell you all the fun things that were soaked into that mattress that I had to sleep on. And about a year later, what happened? I got my big break from the WWE. And then what happened six months after that? I flopped, tore my knee up. They looked at me and said, Rocky Maivia, it just ain't working. Go home. That's it. Tore my knee up, I went home. But what'd I do? I could have quit right there. Could have given up my WWE career, but I didn't. I worked my ass off, and I came back. And when I came back into the WWE Universe, I came back into the WWE Universe at that time, and I said one thing, just give me a mic. Two years after that, The Rock became the youngest WWE Champion. Headlining WrestleMania, main eventing WrestleMania, right here in this very city, which, by the way, reminds me of something. Something that The Rock has to say because he's proud to say it and the world is watching, which is finally, The Rock has come back to Philadelphia. The Rock came back to Philadelphia, youngest WWE champion. The Rock was riding high that time. Riding high, WWE title in one hand and Pat's cheese steak in another. And what happened that night? The Rock went out and he got his ass kicked by Stone Cold Steve Austin. I sat alone in that locker room. I sat alone in that locker room thinking about the loss, thinking about the failure that night. But I decided I made a decision that I was going to come back stronger and work hard and become the hardest working man ever of all time and to come back and become one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest of all time. So that man, that man, those failures led me to be the man that I am today. And the man that I am today is going to whip your ass at WrestleMania in 13 days. I gotta say, it really pained me last year to watch the two of you. It seemed to me that you both got overtaken with bad blood. It almost started to become like a Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels kind of thing. And now looking at you right now, I can see that something's changed. And what I want to know, and what I think wrestling fans all around the world want to know, the WWE Universe wants to know, what happened? What changed? tell you what happened. I'll tell you what changed. We went, two guys went at it last year's WrestleMania wanting to be the best, the absolute best. There were no cheap shots. There were no screw jobs. Just two guys going at it for over 30 minutes. I beat John in the middle of the ring. One, two, three. After that loss, he didn't bitch. He didn't moan. He didn't complain. He took it like a man. And I respect that. You know, I started all this when I called The Rock out in an interview. Years ago, The Rock would say he loves WWE, and I simply said, prove it. And he did. He came back to host WrestleMania 27. And then he came back to defeat me in the main event of WrestleMania 28. 
That match was billed as once in a lifetime because I thought what you thought. Rock picked his hometown, Hand picked his opponent, and I figured after that match, Rock walks off into the sunset and we'll never see him again. Hence, once in a lifetime. But the next day, the guy who says he loves the WWE proves it even more by coming out in front of the world and saying he will not stop until he is once again the WWE champion, which he is right now. Rock, you have proven your love and dedication to this business. That is not my gripe. The amount of times that Rock and I have hung out since WrestleMania, a staggering zero. But Rock, damn it, I respect the hell out of you. And I appreciate you say that I took my loss with class. And I took it like a man. And in 13 days, we're going to see how you handle yours. All right. Uh, next question from our next new Hall of Famer, Booker T. John, Rock, while I'm the only person on this panel who has been in the ring with the both of you guys, now that's not a question. I just think that's pretty cool. <laughs> But my question is to you, John. You say that you think that you could beat The Rock at WrestleMania. Well, I want to know why. Everyone here on this panel want to know why. Why are you going to beat The Rock at WrestleMania? That's it. Because I have to. Because you have to. That's it. That's it? Because you have to? What kind of shallow, weak answer is that? Because you have to. Biggest match of your life? Because you have to? How about you wipe a monkey's ass with, I have to? Why don't you tell everybody, John, tell them the truth. Tell them why you gotta beat me. Tell them why you think you gotta beat me. Go ahead, tell the truth, be honest. Rip yourself open. Tell the truth. Go ahead, tell Donovan McMahon. Because you didn't beat me. You didn't beat me. You cannot beat me. I beat me. And that's the first time I have ever said that publicly, but that is fact. One, one bad decision. I get caught up. In one personal moment. You know, I come out here every single week. Some people like me. Some people don't like me. It's fine. Every single week for 10 damn years, I've been coming out here and half of them are over here and half of them are over here. And I just go along for the ride. You are the only person that has ever clouded my judgment enough to make a stupid decision. King, you were there. I've watched the match back a hundred times. I had your ass beat. You threw every ace you had at me. Rock bottom, people's elbow, not enough. I handled the best you got, and I had you down and out, and what did I do? What a better way to beat him in his hometown by using his own stupid move. One time, you personally got in the way of me of making the easiest decision of my life. Here's the good news. That is never, 
never gonna happen again. This year at WrestleMania on April 7th, I step into the ring with you and I do it my way on my terms because I know You want a reason? Here is your reason. I know, I know I am better than The Rock. And much, much more importantly, The Rock knows I am better than The Rock. But you didn't. Here's what happened. King, you were there, everyone was there. You guys were there, the world was watching. You threw everything you had at the rock, but I had an answer. Before you did the people's elbow, you hit me with the AA. What did I do? I kicked out and I left you speechless. Speechless. Still beat you in the middle of the ring, one, two, three. In front of these men, these great men, these titans of our business, who I love and admire and respect, there's one more legend, one more legend, who when I was young, I wanted to be just like him. It's no secret. It's no secret. And I'm going to quote him right now. He's got a saying, and it goes like this. To be the man. John Cena, you can't beat the man because you are not the man. Whoa, whoa. Hey, hey, hold on, hey. hold on. With all due respect, Dusty, with all due respect, there's one more thing. And Dust, you know I got the people's elbow from the bionic elbow. So with I, all I due respect, that. with all due respect, to be the man, you got to beat the man. And John Cena, between The Rock and you, for the rest of our lives, you will never and the rock means ever be the man that's what i'm talking about y'all need to take them gloves off wrestlemania ain't about respect ain't about redemption it's about winning and losing there ain't no guarantees in this business you know what i'm talking about none sometimes you don't always get what you want. Sometimes what you want is not always what you get. So let me ask you this question in public. What do you want? What do you guys really want on April the 7th? That's what I'm talking about. I want to win the big one. Not only win the big one, I want to dominate The Rock. At the end of WrestleMania, on April 7th, what I want is The Rock to be looking up at the open air sky in MetLife Stadium. And he'll finally realize that this ball cap wearing punk that he says should have never even belonged in an Attitude Era belongs. And not only that, The Rock will realize that I am better than The Rock. What I want is to do to Rock what he did to me. Hand him a loss so devastating. It will haunt him for the rest of his life. That is what I want. Haunt me for the rest of my life? Who the hell you think you're talking to? Haunt me for the rest of my life? I ain't made that way. John, I ain't wired that way. These aren't just words on a shirt. I live this. And because I live this, the day after WrestleMania, 
The Rock is going to wake up still WWE champion, still the people's champion, while you're going to wake up stuffing your face with fruity pebbles, asking yourself why. Asking yourself why you couldn't get the job done again. John, you bring it like nobody else in that locker room. It's the reason why we're going to WrestleMania second time in a row. The bottom line is this. You want to prove The Rock wrong? Prove The Rock wrong. You want to prove the world wrong? Prove him wrong. Prove him wrong at WrestleMania. Another shocking but powerful event took place when John Cena was once again WWE Champion and looking for future challengers. Rumors were running rampant that the world's strongest man, Mark Henry, was going to retire from professional wrestling. His body had had enough the world's strongest man was going to call it quits, or so we thought. His so-called retirement speech will go down as one of the greatest moments, not just in Monday Night Raw history, but professional wrestling history, as he shocked the world and turned and attacked John Cena, proving that he was far from retirement as many of us believe this to be the end of Mark Henry, and it certainly was not. And we were all shocked and surprised at these turn of events. John, I want you to stay. There's something I want to tell you. I want to tell the boys and the girls in the back. And all of y'all. John, at the rate that you're going, you're going to be the greatest. WWE Champion of all time. And if I, if I had any regrets, any regrets at all about my career, I've been World Heavyweight Champion, I've been ECW Champion, I've been the strongest man in the world. I've had a lot of success, I mean, Nothing like the success that John had, but um, I, I think I've done pretty good for myself. Which, which, thank you. Which leads me to the reason that I'm out here to formally retire from the active roster of the WWE. Thank y'all. One more match from the one of the better crowds that I've been in front of in the last five years. Uh, 
That's the only championship Mark Henry hasn't won. I'm on the road close to 200 nights a year to my beautiful wife, Jana. I think you'll see more of me than you want to. And to my son, Jacob, who's a fanatical wrestling fan. Some of y'all seen him on Twitter. And my little girl, Joanna, oh, not me young, dummy. <laughs> To my little girl, Joanna, who cries when I leave home. Baby, I'm coming home. Of turns another huge turn around this time frame in 2013 was when CM Punk and Paul Heyman found themselves on opposite sides as Paul Heyman turned his back on CM Punk at Money in the Bank and what followed was nothing but short classic mic work between Punk and Heyman. I'm looking at an empty ring because in my world, you don't exist. In 2005, WWE had no vision for you. I took you in, I befriended you, I taught you, I trained you, I martyred my entire career for you. And then we reached the Holy Grail together. We were the reigning, defending WWE Champion for 434 days. We came within an inch of breaking the Undertaker's streak at WrestleMania. We, CM Punk, we were the best in the world. Without me, there is no we. Without Paul Heyman, CM Punk, you're not the best in the world. Here's the truth, because I'll tell you why I have such an aversion to the truth, because the truth is a lot harder pill to swallow, Mr. Straight Edge. 
than a spin on things. The truth is, you failed us when you couldn't defeat The Undertaker at WrestleMania. And when you went home, you found yourself. And CM Punk comes back to WWE. And you think you're better than me. <laughs> CM Punk, better than Paul Heyman. So I lied to you. I manipulated you. I played you because you can never claim that CM Punk dumped Paul Heyman. No, history is going to write that Paul Heyman dumped CM Punk. You didn't, you didn't want a business relationship with me. You wanted to keep it personal so i made it as personal as i can possibly make it oh come on you you know this to be true here's the truth you have no family you're estranged from your own mother and father you have no wife you have no children all you have is them uh, this is getting too personal All you have is the WWE Universe. All you have is their admiration. All you have is their respect. All you have is their affirmation. Listen to them. All you need in your life is the WWE E championship. You took my best friend away from me and I took your chance at the WWE title away from you and each and every one of them. You're gonna find out as bad a reputation as I have in business, I'm a whole lot worse personally. Here's the harshest truth of them all. I betrayed you because CM Punk, you can't beat Brock Lesnar. You want to talk about the truth? I saw firsthand last night that the truth does hurt. And maybe I should have seen it coming, but damn it, Paul, I trusted you. And all I have to show for it now is these 13 staples in my head. But another truth is that you know me better than anybody, and you know when I'm lying, and you know when I'm telling the truth, and you know when I want something bad enough, I am the most relentless man on the planet. And I will not stop until I get it. And the truth is, Paul, the truth is you don't have a future because I'm going to burn down everything around you until you're the last man standing. And I'm going to keep you alive just long enough to look you in the eye and hurt you worst of all. So tell me, you son of a...
am I lying? This would lead to the brutal matchup between Brock Lesnar and CM Punk, which proved to be surely filled with high-energy promo work. When CM Punk lost to the previous or old-school next big thing, the now monster former UFC World Heavyweight Champion CM Punk was red hot, and he had an unbelievably shoot-style promo for even CM Punk fans the next night on Monday Night Raw when he actually went to shoot, so to speak, on a fan at ringside. Sir, you paid your ticket. You want to boo, that's fine. But I dare, I, I dare you to step in between these ropes and you'll never boo again because I will render you a toothless, crying heap of a man. I am pissed off and I want to fight. So if you have the... I dare you, Fatso, to step up and be a man and fight CM Punk. Come on, son. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. I will render you to tears. Come on. Be a man or something. On the TNA side of things, you can say 2013 was a very transitional year for the promotion. A lot of change, Hulk Hogan, Eric Bischoff departing, a lot of top names leaving the company, them cutting costs in a sense, them no longer traveling live on the road on a weekly basis, them returning back to Orlando for a brand new impact zone. But there were some bright spots for the organization. One of those was Bad Influence, the team of Christopher Daniels and Kazarian. It seems as if in 2012 and 2013, Christopher Daniels just got it. Or maybe he just doesn't care anymore to impress, and he's confident in himself. I always found Christopher Daniels, to be honest, a little boring in this sense. I thought he was a great wrestler, but besides that, I didn't see too much potential out of him. Then comes the teaming with Bad Influence. And that is Kazarian. And this kind of stemmed off of the Fortune storyline with you know, AJ Styles and, and these other friends together to create the, the Four Horsemen group, which was led by Ric Flair when he was with TNA. And then piggybacked was uh, Bad Influence. And Kazarian, all of a sudden, this personality pops out of him with their throwback Thursdays. Bad Influence made an impact, pun intended, on the wrestling world by providing us with entertaining television and original content, which is tough to do this day and age. So, Bad Influence, one of the best promos of 2013.
in Throwback Thursday. And since we are in the second city, we're paying homage to the second best tag team in wrestling history. Watch this. Another bright spot for TNA Wrestling was the emergence of Bully Ray. The former Bubba Ray Dudley, Brother Ray, turned himself completely around, transformed himself physically as well as spiritually via his character. The tough New Yorker came out as Brother Ray became Bully Ray. And eventually becoming leader of the Aces and Aces group. The storyline that stemmed from Sons of Anarchy. In which I'm a big SOA fan. But at times, I think, I, I don't mind the motorcycle storyline. But I think it was too gimmicky from the show. Or it, the storyline could have gone a little bit differently. Um, I'm not, I don't have a problem with the, with the group per se. But maybe the... the specific storyline twists and turns kind of made it a little goofy but the bright spot of the organization is them making a former ECW and WWF WWE superstar and kind of creating their own star out of him with the Bully Ray character. No one can deny that he stepped up his game to become TNA world champion and his promo skills were quite possibly one of the best on the heel side in the business. And he made us all know who he is. Do you know who I am? Do you know who we are? We are the men! 
Almighty. Look around. Another debut in 2013 was the brand new E! Show for WWE, or the brand new show on the E! Network, I should say, Total Divas, which featured a select amount of WWE Divas and some new Divas. I won't even consider them Divas. There weren't many, you could say, highlights promo-wise in the show, even though I do like kind of the -the behind-the-scenes look they take for the Divas. In WWE in general, you get to see some shots that you don't normally see, behind the scenes of WWE television, which is good, and that's what sparks my interest, and it's a good show for an hour-long program, and the ratings have have proven that. Promo-wise, AJ Lee stepped up in 2013, and in a sense, she had her own pipe bomb as one CM Punk, as we mentioned at the top of our program, and it was geared towards the Total Divas themselves, as AJ wasn't a part of the program, yet she is the Divas champion. And she laid one pipe bomb out there that certainly caught the attention of many, many hardcore wrestling fans. OMG, you guys. I just watched last night's episode of Total Divas. And it was insane. Oh my gosh. I mean, the Bellas were dealing with their obvious daddy issues. The Funkadactyls broke up and then got back together again. Natalia's fiance isn't much of a man. And the other two were also there. It, it was great. It really was. And it, 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 was, it was the end of the world. And it's only Sunday nights on the E Network. when I look in that ring, honestly. A bunch of cheap, interchangeable, expendable, useless women. Women who have turned to reality television because they just weren't gifted enough to be actresses. And they just weren't talented enough to be champion. I have done more in one year than all of you have done in your entire collective careers. I have saved your Divas division. I have shattered glass ceilings. I have broken down doors. Why? So 
so a bunch of ungrateful, stiff plastic mannequins can waltz on through without even as much as a thank you? You just You guys can't even go backstage and shake my hand and look him in the eye because you know that I worked my entire life to get here. I gave my life to this and you were just handed 15 minutes of fame. I didn't get here because I was cute or because I came from some famous wrestling family or because I sucked up to the right people. I got here because I am good. I earned this championship. And no matter, no matter how many red carpets you guys want to walk in your $4,000 ridiculous heels, you will never be able to lace up my Chuck Taylors. You are all worthless excuses for women, and you will never be able to touch me. And that is reality. As SummerSlam rolled around, the main event wound up being John Cena defending the WWE Championship against Daniel Bryan. How they got there, I won't talk about because that wasn't the best of 2013. Nevertheless, the match was excellent, leading to Daniel Bryan winning the WWE Championship from John Cena. Prior to the match, we saw some great promo work from John Cena, as we know he can produce. Not only that, we saw some excellent and surprising, in a sense, promo work from Daniel Bryan. You see, John, I don't get it. I don't get it why you and people like you think all I can do is, gosh, put up a hell of a fight. Like, that's all I'm capable of. Like, that's the best I can do. Daniel, I wasn't talking. Don't interrupt me! John, last week, you came out here and you did what you did best. You made some explosive remarks. You got the WWE Universe on their feet. Now, whether it's cheering you or booing you, that's a, a totally different, different subject. But you saw that that red light was on and you grabbed the spotlight. And that, that is why I don't watch television. It's because of you and people like you. More style than substance. In it for the fame. In it for the glory. Not in it for the wrestling. You see this, John? You see this shirt? This shirt is a parody of you. Because I think you are a parody of wrestling. And guess what? I don't want to be a parody. 
I want to be the WWE Champion, and I want to be WWE Champion for one reason and one reason only. And it's not for the fame, it's not for the glory, it's so that everybody knows and it proves that when I step foot in this ring, there is nobody better than Daniel Bryan! You almost got me. You almost got me. A parody. A parody. That's that's strong. That's real strong. Daniel, I'm not a parody. The reason I'm out here, regardless of what you think, is the same reason you're out here. All of this. All of this. And I thought you would be smart enough to understand that. All of these people with their signs and their hands up in the air chanting yes, 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 or no, no, no. They're doing it, Daniel, because they believe in you. They believe in you, and you hear that. And when you hear that and you know that someone believes in you, it empowers you, it gives you emotion, and all you want to do is come out in this ring every single night, sick, tired, or hurt, and put your body on the line as a way to say, I believe in you as much as you believe in me. That's what the WWE is, and it's not grabbing a spotlight. It is these people being able to come in, choose their favorite superstar, and put their hand in front of their face or ride the wave of a beard. Have those moments with your favorite superstar. That is why we do what we do. This, yeah, just a t-shirt. That's just a t-shirt. That's like saying the American flag is just a cloth. It is not about the cloth. It is about the message that the shirt represents, loyalty. And I have been in hostile environments, and I have had my critics, but there are still people that are loyal to me, and as long as they are here, if my neck is broke, I fight for them, and I am loyal to them. Parody. Parody is a joke, something funny. You got the gall to call me a parody because of the way I look, because of how I act, because you don't approve of John Cena, like you're the first person to walk into a ring and say, newsflash, guys, John Cena's what's wrong with all this. We've seen enough. Five moves of doom. Get John Cena out of here. I don't know how smart you are, but you're not deaf. You can hear it tonight. It's been going on for years. You're not the first. You won't be the last. I show up every day for the past 12 years and bust my ass. Not for people like you who don't respect me. For that kid in the front row. 
for his dad. For the seven-year-old make-a-wish child named Dakota, who I met this afternoon. And when I came in the room, and that kid's fighting for his life, all he wants to do is say, you can't see me. And then after that, his dad pulls me to the side and says, thank you, because whenever my son goes in for treatment, all he says is he will never give up. Thank you for the hope. Thank you for the inspiration. You are red hot right now, but you will always have critics. You should be proud of every single thing you've accomplished here. But you should be smart enough to know that I am proud of what I've done here. I am proud of who I am. And I am proud of what I've become. Because what I've become is a man who has spent the last 12 years wrestling around the world. From Abu Dhabi to Taipei, from Tokyo to Shanghai, from New York right here to Sacramento. Sometimes they cheer, sometimes they boo, but I have stood in for a dozen years in front of the most hostile environments, in front of the biggest names this business has to offer. And the difference between you and me is not parody, Jack. Every one of those matches, I did it while I was holding this. Please, please think I'm a joke. Please think I'm a parody. Please think I'm gonna waltz into Los Angeles on Sunday. Just a shell of a man who's a T-shirt a set of wristbands, an off-the-rack set of cargos, and a beat-up set of pumas. Please, please think that about me. Because that's what every one of your peers has thought about me, and I've beaten them all. All of them. I've wrestled and beaten them all. And that's a pretty stout list, Daniel Bryan. A list that includes Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Batista, Randy Orton, CM Punk, the Rock. Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. You talk about all those people like they are so much better than me. They are. Danny, you gotta understand. You're, you're hopefully on your way to, you're, you're on your way to greatness, but I can't put you in that class because you don't belong in that class. You want to talk about how demeaning catchphrases are. What's yours? Respect the beard? Well, Daniel, respect here, it isn't given out, it is earned. You listen to me and you listen good. If you are good enough to hold this Sunday, then and only then, you earn my respect. And there it is. Clear and simple, plain as day. You just spelled it out. You don't respect me. Not only that, you are not treating this like you treated your matches with Shawn Michaels, like you treated your matches with The Rock, because you respected those men. And why should you treat me like that, huh? You have held the WWE Championship 11 times. How could you, how could you understand the hunger, understand the desire that I have for holding that WWE Championship just once? That's all I want is once. How could you understand that? And you can't. Because for you, this is just another SummerSlam. 
But for me, this is the biggest match of my life! You know, there's, there's a custom I learned in Japan that they did before big matches. And it's to fire somebody up. It's to light that spark from one wrestler to another so that they would bring everything that they had to that fight. They take their hand and as hard as they possibly can, they slap him in the face. You know, I wish, I wish so bad that I could do that to you right now. But I can't. Because you're not a wrestler. And you don't deserve it. What originally was thought to be a good sign for professional wrestling as John Cena was injured, maybe not personally for the man, but maybe for the industry it was better as we would see WWE television without John Cena for an extended period as he was out with his triceps injury following SummerSlam in which Daniel Bryan defeated him for the WWE Championship, which quickly turned around to Randy Orton. As a result, John Cena was out supposedly for up to six months maybe leading up to wrestlemania or so we thought as we believed we can finally look towards the future in the wwe possibly a glimpse as to what the the company would look like without mr cena and the c nation instead a surprising return for john cena after just two to three months after the injury returning at hell in a cell the one bright spot of this was the promo leading up to his return actually as it made him seem like quite an animal leading up to his return and him needing desperately to come back to the ring even though you could say I would I truly believe business wise it maybe not have been the right choice so to speak as they could have built up his return I know they have to think about investors and he is the face of the company regardless of what storyline they do a lot of the hardcore fans would say that it was a mistake bringing him back so soon, but the return thrown in there with Alberto Del Rio was very quick and sloppy with, without much storyline direction, but the promo of him recuperating and training to come back was spectacular as it showed his heart and desire. WWE medical staff told me that this giant ball of fluid on my elbow was a result of a torn tricep. I cannot put off my surgery any longer. Tonight I leave the WWE. John Cena would require immediate surgery. The surgery went extremely well. Now comes the hard part. August 2013. Do you want to see what my life is all about nowadays? I'm a little bit... Uh excited to begin moving and want to begin moving right away hopefully soon day nine still can't move my arm 
some good bruising on my tricep. Getting stitches out in five days. These are the darkest of times. Because I can't even sweat, so I can't even work out. Five days, I'll be in a better mood. 3 September 2013. Uh, I have to wait three more days before I can do any activity. But cheating the system, um, doing a little partial movement, trying to get this thing woke up. Seven September 2013, 18 days out of surgery. Um, I got my stitches out two days ago, so road back stunts now. 12 September, 23 days post-surgery, making huge gains in range of motion. Yay! Today is a great day. Today the doctors found out what I already know, that I'm ready, and I promise I'm coming back. And I'm coming back sooner than anyone ever thought. I've been working my tail off in the gym. I will come back even stronger than I was before. WWE Universe, get ready. 14 October. You heard it from Vicky Guerrero, now you hear it from me. October 27th, Hell in a Cell versus Alberto Del Rio for the World Heavyweight Championship. The champ returns. See you at Hell in a Cell. We saw a few debuts in 2013. One, you could say, stands out above the rest, and one that was highly anticipated above all others. Bray Wyatt and the Wyatt family debuting on WWE television. The promos leading up to their debut were stellar and innovative, to say the least. When the Wyatt family debuted on WWE television, we were all, all of us, we were all in for a treat with the mic skills of one Bray Wyatt. You'll never see me coming. All this is a riddle. Everything all around you is a riddle. This is the mystery of me. Open to the world's interpretation. I play with these fools like puppets. I shot them like glass when I'm through. (laughs) We're past the point of no return, aren't we? Haven't you seen it? Because I have. We're coming. I want you to do me a favor. Go back and tell all these men that I'm here. I'm here and this is everything. It's It's real. real. You tell them I said that. You can never, never hurt me. You hear that? You can never hurt me. They say we're coming, but nah, we've been here all along. Follow the buzzers! (laughs) And we went down in the river to pray. Studying about those good old days and who shall wear the starry crown, good Lord, show me the way. She taught me. She taught me from a young age. She said, you gotta get them before they get you. A rattlesnake's skin is the same color as the leaves, she said. (laughs) And we all understood her. 
She led us with love, but she told us that the fires, well, they were our friends too. The world is an evil place, she said. And we agreed. And I was there. I was there when she took her final breath. She pulled me in close. And she said, you're the one. She said, they chose you. Long before you were ever existed. And I understood what she meant. Her touch could save the world. But her kiss burns it to the ground. I love you, Sister Abigail. <laughs> down, brothers, let's go down. Down by the river to pray. Even though they made their debut in 2012 at the Survivor Series, The Shield really shined in 2013. The three superstars really stepped up and they gelled well together as a team. All three were pretty decent on the mic for their specific roles. But one man, I believe, one superstar stands out promo-wise above the three. Dean Ambrose has the delivery, the innovative style mixed together of a Roddy Piper and Brian Pillman. The stare, that cold stare, that demeanor that kind of makes you feel like the Joker from The Dark Knight is in your presence. He definitely made a mark in 2013, and I cannot wait for what's to come in the years to come as we count, as we eventually get to the root of the character of Dean Ambrose and what he could do behind the mic. Truly a true star in the making, and I think he can, we could really tap into his mind to really see what Dean Ambrose has as he is truly a unique character. And in 2013, we saw a very, a very little glimpse, a shadow, a glimpse of what we can expect from Dean Ambrose. Take this battle royal tonight, for instance, for a shot at my U.S. championship. Who's in this battle royal? Anybody that's going to beat me? No. You know why? Because I am the unbeatable champion in this industry. CM Punk is a catchphrase. I'm the best in the world. John Cena has a trophy, but as far as I'm concerned, I'm the WWE champion because this is the championship everybody runs from. If Andre the Giant's ghost isn't in this battle royal tonight, then I ain't losing it. SummerSlam. Believe that and believe in the shield. Of course, when we talk about promos, we have to talk about some of the funniest promos of the year because I truly, I love comedy and wrestling. I think it does have a part. It may not, or it should not really be a part of your main event storyline and should not be a huge part of the program because it is a physical you know, type of, even though they look at it as entertainment, it is a physical business and a, a physical type of uh, environment for the superstars, but I and I, you can disagree with me, but I truly feel that there is 
a spot. There is room for humor in wrestling. There is a need for it. Santino, you know, stars like that. I mean, you haven't seen much of Zack Ryder, but the Santino Morella character, you know, there is a need for humor in wrestling to make kids laugh, to make adults laugh at certain adult humor. And in 2013, of course, when you want humor, you look towards the people's champion. This was a Slammy Award-winning segment for Raw's 20th anniversary celebration, The Rock Concert, as The Rock sang to Vicky Guerrero. There's a very special woman that The Rock wanted to sing a very special song to tonight. No, not Cookie Puss. And I'd like to bring her out here. Would you please come out, Vicky Guerrero? <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> Don't be shy, Vicky. Come on out. I just want to sing a song to you. There you are. You look so nice. I got a very special song I wanted to sing for you, Vicky. You ran off last time, last time I was talking to you backstage. Sing a very special song. I want to sing it to you here in Houston. And sing it in front of the world. One of my favorite artists, Mr. Eric Clapton. clothes to wear She puts on her makeup She brushes her short black hair And then she'll ask me Do I look alright And I said no biatch Don't go anywhere, Vicky. Don't go anywhere. You're going to want to hear this because the world wants to sing it to you. You abuse all your power. Waste everybody's time. You dress like a hooker. Not the expensive <laughs> So get your ass to the airport Take a one-way flight Because, biatch, <laughs> you look horrible tonight <laughs> I said, biatch, you look sing you out. We'll sing you goodbye properly. We said, Biatch, you look horrible tonight. 
Texas, that is one horrible looking biatch I just got taken. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Are you a fan of the SNS Radio Network? Want to keep up with what's going on with all the personalities and radio shows on the SNS Network? Well, let me tell you how. You can check out the Facebook group over at www.facebook.com slash groups slash SNS Radio Network. On Twitter, follow us at SNS Radio Network. You can follow me, Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson, at SNS underscore JJSexA1. These are just a few ways to keep up with all the happenings going on on the SNS radio network. Are you looking for the latest news in both professional wrestling and mixed martial arts? Well, check out www.wrestling-online.com. Sign up for one of the longest-running newsletters in professional wrestling, over 16 years, and just like Wrestling News Live, it's absolutely free. Join over 27,000 other subscribers, wrestling-online.com. You will learn to pronounce my name properly. Wrestling-online.com. Hey everybody, have you ever wondered how you can be even more interactive with the SNS Radio Network? Well, just like the WWE, TNA, and everyone else on the planet, we're on Twitter. You can check out the entire network at SNS Radio Network. If you want to hit us up on Unplugged, at SNS Unplugged, you can check out the whole indie show at TWIS underscore podcast, the Elite Force podcast at EF underscore podcast. You can check out my show at SNS Get In The Zone. And if you want to contact us individually, you can check out our personal Twitter accounts. I'm at Bronx Father. You can talk some wrestling with Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson, at SNS underscore JJSexA1. You can bark at the Trey Dog at Trey on the Radio. You can swim in the waters with Mark the Shark DiCarlo at S underscore Tapley, T-A-P-L-E-Y. Harass the Power Andy Knowles about The Miz at the Power underscore Rewind. If you want to challenge the Rasputin of sci-fi and gaming and <coughs> politics, check out Mindwipe at Mindwipe. You can follow William Walkie Walker at Walker Views. And if you want to talk some old school wrestling, you can hit up Sean Beckerman of Beyond the Bell at Sean Beckerman at S-E-A-N-B-E-C-K-E-R-M-A-N. So don't be shy. Check us out on Twitter and be interactive right here on the SNS Radio Network. Ugh. Stupid bird! Don't tweet, don't tweet.
I'm the best in the world. Our truth. That's our dash truth. That's a skull. Would you like to see my cobra? And that's a skull. Well, hello. Ay, mi amor. That's a 10 yard penalty for being fine. Got a skull right here. Oh. Skull right there. Come here, sweetheart. Alone. Woo. I'm in a band. I'm all about justice. But right now, I'm all about just us. I used to have a mustache. It's a skull right there. It was a nice one. <laughs> There's another skull. Are you into hardcore? In love yet. What's up? You're supposed to say what's up back. Another one right there. There's only one other place to see this many superstars at once. Royal Rumble, Sunday, January 26th, live on pay-per-view. For those of you craving more nostalgia, download all of the archive shows at ringannouncing.com as well as snsradionetwork.com. Smartphone users, find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Brand new shows are streamed live every Saturday night and archived the following Monday at snsradionetwork.com. Connect socially to Beyond the Bell on Twitter and Tout at Sean Beckerman. Become a fan of Beyond the Bell on our Facebook fan page. Email the show directly at beckerman at ringannouncing.com. The Heartbreak Kids, Sean Michaels, Mr. Hall of Fame, 2011, and you are listening on SNS Radio Network. See ya, and I wouldn't want to be ya. Well, wrestling fans, that wraps up another edition of Beyond the Belt, a very special edition, as we look back at the year 2013. We'll look back at this year and the greatest promos that we witnessed on professional wrestling television. I look forward to another great year in 2014, hopefully with some great moments promo-wise, some new gimmicks projecting out onto your television, possibly, let's hope, some rekindled superstars. Let's hope Dolph Ziggler gets back to the promised land or maybe really gets it for the first time in his career in 2014. Let's hope. Let's see the emergence of possibly Roman Reigns or Dean Ambrose, maybe even Seth Rollins from The Shield. I hope we can see even more unique promo work from Bray Wyatt. I'm looking forward to another great year in 2014 as long as WWE lets these characters develop and let them really take hold of their character. If they're speaking in a scripted promo, I think we're not going to see those passionate promos. We're not going to see those Austin 316 promos. We're not going to see those passionate Mick Foley promos. We're not going to get that Triple H, that raw Triple H, when he had his back against the wall turning into the game. We won't get those innovative rock promos outside of the rock doing, of course, because he has carte blanche. But we need to see these characters develop, and that's what needs to happen in 2014. I'd like to thank each and every one of you for joining us, and we have great programming in the upcoming year, continuing the Horseman Chronicles. We wrap up the WCCW series 
as the company finally ends and we look back at the legacy of world-class championship wrestling. I look forward to talking about the Nature Boy Ric Flair, more famous feuds to come. The Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels, I look forward to documenting his career. Looking back at Sting, looking even further at the gems of WCW, we've had a request to go now into the annals of time and discuss the AWA. I cannot wait. The content in 2014 is going to grow even further for you fans, and I want your feedback. All right? Let us know what you want. I want to hear what you want. Beckerman at ringannouncing.com. You can follow us on Twitter. Myself, I'm on my Twitter site, at Sean Beckerman. I want to hear from you fans of what you want for Beyond the Bell in 2014. I cannot wait to start diving in even further now. We're 120 podcasts in and, and growing. I cannot wait to go even further into the annals of time and really break down professional wrestling. And maybe even throughout the year, I'll have some specials where I talk about the current product in sports entertainment. So look forward to that. But thank you for another great year as we look back at the greatest mic work in 2013. And we'll wrap it up with the old school theme of the week. This time, since we're talking about more of the modern, I, let's take the old school off and let's go over the theme of the week since we're talking the current day product. One of the best themes I heard in 2013 because it was so eerie and so fitting for the character was Bray Wyatt and the Wyatt family's entrance theme. Live in fear will take us home tonight as it's very unique for the character. So, I'm Sean Beckerman signing off. Let's take it home with some Wyatt family tunes until next week when we rewind and relive all things retro and wrestling. Good night, everybody, and stay old school, my friends. <laughs>